0: Friday, June 12th. Percy swallowed the last bite of her breakfast just as the doorbell rang. Her dad knew she hated answering the door, so he always got it. If she was downstairs, she'd scramble to her spy zone at the far end of the foyer and watch the door's reflection in a large print of Van Gogh's starry night. That morning, amidst the swirling sky and shouting stars, she saw two men in blue wiping their feet and stepping inside. They spoke, and her dad nodded, surely wearing the soberly intent listening face she'd seen many times before. They were too quiet for her to make out any words, but if her stomach's instinct to drop to her feet was correct, she'd been found out. Her dad's reflection turned to look at the doorway she was hiding within. After too many slow beats of silence and a familiar throat clearing, Percy peeked around the corner. She gave her dad a slight shrug and a shameful nod. Reaching for his coat, he said quietly, I'll see you after school, young lady. Just as Percy felt the first swell of a sob, the smaller officer tipped his head back slightly, teetered on the heels of his boots, and hollered, "Ah, hold on there, Miss Tennant. He bolstered his stance, looped his thumbs over his belt, and in a deep alpha voice, continued, Just go to school and come straight home, all right? Percy's dad froze in the doorway. Good point, officer. He looked back at Percy and added, Honey, be sure you don't leave the state, and also the country. He winked before turning to follow the cops. Shit, Percy whispered after the door shut. Percy sat sullen in homeroom, her head spinning in the din of pre belt chatter. She thought about slipping behind the world map that hung on the back wall wondered if she could perch on the chalkboard ledge and sink deep into the snowdrifts behind Siberia. But instead, she laid her head on her arm, closed her eyes, and stared into her mind's murk. Almost immediately, her subconscious presented the perfect daydream escape from the guilt of disappointing her dad. Visiting that particular memory was like a boot slurping into a muddy pit. It took her deep down and held her there. So when the principal's monotone announcements began to stream through the speaker, Percy allowed her brain to sink. A few months back, she went to a college party with her friend Kirby and said yes to too many shots of Jameson, which actually only totaled three. An hour later, she found herself pressed against a wall, sucking a stranger's face. She couldn't remember anything about him. His eyes, his clothes, his voice, or how their tryst had begun or ended. The next day, all Kirby could tell her was the smoocher was someone's cousin visiting from somewhere far away like Colorado or France. Percy spent days sweeping the crevices of her brain's folds, as if details of that night were coins that had fallen behind couch pillows. She found nothing. But at least, at least she remembered their kiss. When she told Kirby about it, she'd used one word. Majestic, huh? He'd mocked. Like a ship? Sure, Percy'd consented while shrugging. Covering her embarrassment with drama, she continued while lifting her shoulders and tossing her head from side to side. A festoon ship getting thrashed by a rough sea. But there had been no roughness. Their lips had risen and fallen like swelling waves, tongues deliberately plunging and guiding like rudders. They'd created a man-made structure which heated the calm pool of the moon. As the salty wind awoke and crisped Percy's awareness, just for that moment, her spinning life had been anchored. The principal signed off with a burst of static. The bell rang, and chairs roared. Percy stood too quickly and felt the back of her eyelids tingle, and she was sure the wrinkles in her shirt sleeve had become indented in her cheek and forehead. As she made her way through the swarm of students, she wondered how that night would have gone if she'd been sober. No doy. With no booze, there'd have been no kiss. Without liquid bravery, Percy knew the tiniest hint of attention from the smoocher would have triggered her sudden, all-consuming interest in a random light fixture or distant floorboard. Then, once he'd passed her by, she would have drooped underneath a heavy regret and berated herself for the rest of the night. Percy knew this because it had happened a couple times before. At least the drunk me did something. At least I took action, on time, in the right moment. I hardly ever do that. Wait, have I ever done that? Yeah, I guess when I met Kirby I did, but that was different. That wasn't about me. Percy resolved that given a choice between crystal clear cowardice and a disjointed memory of Olympic level tonsil hockey, she would choose hockey every single time. Smacked by an epiphany, she froze. She stared into her locker and wondered, Is that why I stole the duck's douchey headset? Her impulsive theft of that useless, tacky piece of shit technology was stupid for many reasons, but she had done exactly what she felt like doing in the moment, free of those pesky second-guess shackles. Her dad would understand, but she couldn't tell him about the smoocher. Percy looked at the photo of her mom that she'd taped inside her locker door. She could have told her mom about the smoocher. Her mom would have laughed, told a story for when she was in high school that was even more shameful than Percy's and everything would have felt okay. The idea that her mom would have spun her crime into a turning point to be celebrated made her feel like a renegade. Her back straightened and her insides took on a velocity like shaken champagne pushing against a cork. In the past, she'd allow fear to make her hesitate and miss out. She'd done it over and over and over again and had assumed it was a character flaw. But that pattern ended with the smoocher and escalated with the douchey headset. Could it be that she'd been upgraded? That some innate superpower had been activated? Maybe she'd had to have been blackout drunk for her old mind to step aside and let her body and soul integrate that new Amazonian programming. The idea that she could be raw and impulsive intrigued Percy. As she sauntered to her first class, her feet singed the wax-tiled floor with lightning bolts of badass. No punishment could take that away. She slid low in her chair and looked around. Everyone thought they knew who she was, who Percy Tennant was. But, as it turns out, they had no freaking idea. Over the course of her school day, Percy's brazenness dwindled it slowly occurred to her that her level of recall of the kiss and of the heist would be very similar to their respective aftermaths. Her hazy encounter with the smoocher had no consequence, like a drop of water on a wet sponge. But her crime of theft, which she recalled distinctly, would have a definite fallout, like a stone tossed into a puddle, or more like a boulder thrown from the top of a cliff into a bucket of water. Her trip home felt like a walk on a pirate's plank. Her dad met her at the front door and she spoke first. Dad, I'm really sorry. He held up his hand to stop her, squeezed his lips together and dropped his head slightly. Oh, my darling little criminal, a Bluetooth headset? He cocked his head to the side and his expression was squeezed from a tube of disbelief. You don't even like to talk on the phone. Percy mumbled. I know. I don't know what happened. She looked up at him with a scrunched face. What's going to happen? Well, quite a few things, Purse. Three, actually. He put his car keys between them and gently jangled them. You're punishing me by giving me your car? Huh. Chuck the duck with whom you forced me to spend much unwanted ass-kissing quality time... Dropped all charges in exchange for three things. I agreed on your behalf. He abruptly snatched the keys in his palm and watched her face. After a torturous, years-long span of awkwardly silent eye contact, he continued, First, he wanted the original retail price of the stolen headset, which you owe me. Second, I had to purchase three cases of batteries, so at least I'll be set for a year. You're welcome. And third, starting on Tuesday, you'll do community service at Shady Pines. What? You'll go three times per week through the end of September. Wait, what? Are you talking about shady minds? He shook the car keys near her face while stretching his other arm to point at his car and tipping his head toward it three times. In different circumstances, she'd have laughed and told him Saturday night fever called and they want their dance moves back. The batteries are in my trunk, he said softly. You can put them in my study. But Dad, wait, Percy whined. That's my whole summer! It wasn't serious. I mean, it was a stupid headset. Did you even see it? I wasn't serious. He upped the tempo of the keys and gave her a settled look. He was a stone wall of parental determination. Knowing the jangling would continue until she took the keys, she snatched them and pouted. Her dad spoke gently. I'll see you at dinner, my little criminal.